Hey, hey, what's up? Thanks for stopping by the School District Podcast, which is hosted by me, Adam Welcome. I am the host. We know there are so many podcasts and content out there, so thank you for giving us 30 to 40 minutes average time for uh, one of my podcasts each week. We appreciate it. If you feel inclined, leave a review write a rating on Spotify or Apple or wherever you consume podcasts. Today on the show, we have Kevin Armstrong. Kevin is a middle school principal in the Nashville, Tennessee area. I'm connected with Kevin through NAESP, the National Association of Elementary School Principals, where we are both fellows. We've hung out in person recently, and uh, the last few episodes have been superintendents, the last four episodes, three episodes. So it was great to have a principal back on and to get that perspective, talk about books, talk about staff, talk about district office. And uh, yeah, just listen, enjoy. Thanks for all that you do. Kevin Armstrong. Kevin Armstrong, Dr. Kevin Armstrong. Welcome to the podcast, man. Hey, glad to be on today. Yeah, it's cool because we just hung out a few weeks ago in Chicago at the NAESP conference. I think one of the first like conferences that have opened up, it was their their hundredth conference. So it's cool because a lot of the people that are on the show, I have not met or I haven't seen in person in a long time, but we, uh, we just hung out in person, which is cool. So uh, for those that don't know who you are, man, tell us who you are. Tell us what you do. Give us the lowdown for Kevin Armstrong. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm Kevin Armstrong. I am based out of Nashville, Tennessee. I'm a middle school principal. Uh, this is year 26 in education for me. Uh, 25 of the 26 have all been in the middle school setting. So, um, you know, I, I love I love being in the middle. Um I've been a principal. This is I'm about to start year 11 as as a principal. All 11 years have been uh, here at DuPont Hadley Middle, um, again, which is in the natural area. So I'm a bit of a unicorn, um, having been in one spot for as long as I have been. Um, in addition to being a principal, I am uh, at large middle level director with NAESP. And this is uh, starting my third year uh, in, in that position. And I'm also a uh, fellow uh, for the Centers of uh, Leadership and uh, myself, as well as Jessica Cabin, we, um, we co-lead uh, the Center for Middle Level Leadership. And that's been an awesome experience uh, that we started back in 2020. Shout out to Jessica Cabin from Austin, Minnesota. If, if you go to Austin, Minnesota, she is going to take you to the spam museum. I've never had spam. There are like 50 flavors of spam, but shout out. And you may even get spam mailed to you from Jessica after your visit. So yeah, love the work that we're doing with uh, NASP. I want to go back. How did you, what did you do? How did you prepare to get that first job, to put yourself in a position to actually get that principalship? I get that question a lot. People are aspiring leaders. Like, what should I be doing? Books, uh, just things at school in my district. What advice would you give to people that were like, hey, I want to become an assistant principal or a dean on my way to become a, a principal? What would you tell them, Kevin? Uh, for me, 
the biggest piece of advice that I would say is to find someone that you can work for who's going to push you. Um, some principals just want an assistant principal to, you know, do books, butts, and, and buses. Um, but other principals really have the knack for, for, for really ramping up your abilities and really grooming you for the next job. Uh, I think that that's the difference um, as an assistant principal, actually as a classroom teacher, um, my principal did a really good job of mentoring me and grooming me to be an assistant principal before I ever stepped into the job. Um, and then once I became an assistant principal, I worked for some phenomenal principals who not only really helped me uh, day in and day out in the building, but also in addition to that, were really grooming me to, to be able to have my own school. And that's something that, you know, I mean, you know, no book that I could have ever read or, or conference that I could have ever gone to could have really prepared me for what I was receiving from them on a day-to-day -day basis. So I would say, you know, align yourself with people that are going to groom you and are going to push you because they're going to put you in some spaces and they know you and they know that it's going to make you uncomfortable, but it's going to stretch you and allow you to grow so that you can be as prepared as possible for getting in that spot because no one's ever prepared when they, when they step into that role. Yeah. And I would say too, to add on to that, you said about the books, the butts and the pencils and the whatever <clears throat> a good, a good leader is actually going to do both because once you get your own principalship, your own school, you need to know all of that. You can't just have kind of the creative, innovative uh, side. You got to have all those logistics as well too. And I would say, mm -hmm. <clears throat> even if you are an assistant principal or you're a teacher and you want to become that leader, your principal is an important person to learn from, but also broaden your perspective because your principal, like you have one, you have, you have a style and I have a style and it's, it's good to learn. I want to learn from you. You're going to learn from me and we're going to learn from other people. So then you can go, Oh, you know what? I want to take that into my leadership. Um, I love books and there are some books that have changed my life when I was a teacher. And then when I was a brand new assistant principal, I know you're a USC fan, Kevin, but I went to, I went to UCLA for a principal conference. It was like a new principals and it was like a whole week. And they talked about Todd Whitaker, who I'd never heard of before. And I, I remember getting one of his books and that book just really, I, it, I, I, I understood it and I agreed with it. That was like one of the first leadership books that really spoke to me. Do you have a book or books that you recommend to aspiring or current leaders that have changed your perspective on leadership? Man, I'm going to tell you like what we're reading right now as an administrative team, that's really just hit me from a completely different angle. And, um, and, and that is Jessica Cabine's um, Lead with Grace. So we're actually doing doing a study with that right now, um, where we sit down every week uh, with my admin team, and you know, like you said, this job is lonely, it's stressful, and some of the things that we want to make sure that we're doing is that is that we are speaking to, you know, all the constituents in our building, you know, from the students to, um, you know, to the custodian, to the food court managers, to our you know our faculty and our staff and in our community. You know, just just we need to watch you know, our tone and, and how we talk to people and understanding that people are going to go through issues and things like that and just not be so quick to, you know, to, to jump down people's throats and stuff like that. But just to, to as, as the book says, just to lead with grace and to understand that, you know, that we're all imperfect vessels and that we're all, you know, working and doing the best that we possibly can. And that's really, really where we are now, because for me, it's a, at this point, it's about the little things. You know, it's the little things that make people want to come back. It's the little things that make, you know, families want to come back, kids want to come back, teachers want to come back. And so 
um, you know, that that's something that that really struck a nerve with me. Um, another book um, that that I have read, I guess, over the last six months is is Cry Like a Man by Jason Wilson. Uh, it's a it's a great book that really talked about, you know, how men and and, you know, obviously men were former boys um, just deal with so much stuff and that they're they're basically trained to keep it all in and hold it in and to be tough and, to, you know, be a man and 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 how much damage that that does to to young boys and men as they grow older and to um, really just to just flush those things out and to, and it, it's okay to cry. It's okay, you know, to, to speak on things that are, you know, that are bothering you. And I think that that's really been pivotal in our building with, with, with our boys. I mean, you know, we talk about suspension rates and, and dropout rates and violence and all that. And a lot of that is, is really connected to things that are going on in, in a child's life. And so that, that, that book has been really pivotal for me as well. So I guess those those are the two that are like on my radar right now is as we start the yearly with grace and then really targeting um, our boys who are who are in trauma right now um, and um, and trying to touch bases with them and, and get those kids what they need. Yeah, I've read The Trouble with Boys, um, which I haven't read that one that you're talking about, but I'm going to I'm going to check it out. What um, how do you continue to challenge yourself when you've been at the same school as a principal for 11 years, 11 years is longevity in my experience for a principal to be at a school in a position. So I know you're a learner, you're an NASP fellow, you're a national distinguished principal. Congratulations, Kevin. So obviously you're doing things to keep yourself going and learning and, uh, and just in that, like, so what, what advice would you give to other people that maybe have been somewhere 10, 15 years, five years, and they're like, God, I think I need something new. Like what, what's been your, your formula? Um, for me, it is the never ending uh, journey in improving where you are. Um, you know, I, I kind of look at it, you know, from like a, for like a health situation. So you know, let's say that I run, you know, two miles a day and no one else is running two miles a day. Well, I came to the conclusion that I'm going to start running three miles a day, or I came to the conclusion that I'm going to start running two miles uphill. And so in this building, uh, for example, we have um, a new incentive room that, that, that I built this summer called the kennel. Um, our mascot is the bulldogs. I don't want people to think like, what, you know, what the heck's the kennel about? But, um, but anyway, we have like, like seven video games, foosball, arcade basketball, ping pong, all these things. Um, not only did we go out and get the vast majority of it donated and created, but, but I built every single, I put together every single item in that room. And that was just a challenge for me. Like, you know, I want to do this for the kids, but I want to see if I can physically, you know, put my hands on some things and get things put together. Um, so being in, being in a place like this for as long as I have, um, we feel like we've got the big rocks, you know, already put together, but we're working on the small things. And so uh, we have the first youth court, we have the first middle school youth court in the state of Tennessee. That was something that, that, that we brought to campus like three or four years ago. Um, you know, we have an AVID program that is thriving. Um, you know, just things that, that, I mean, even something as simple as like, you know, we, we, we have a backlit marquee now out front, just things that, that I feel like when I leave this place, when it is time for me to leave, I can drive down the street and look over and know that I had a piece to do, you know, with making this place better. 
than it was when I got here. And so that's that that's where I am. Um, you know, I'm I'm challenging ourselves right now. We're outside the top five in math and literacy in the district and all middle schools. And our goal is to be in that top five. Uh, and to get there, we're gonna have to knock down some 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 magnet schools in our district. But hey, you know, I'm gunning for them every single day. So um, you can always find things to do in the building to make it better. Um, and I also think being as being here as long as I have, um, I have complete confidence in, in my community and my community has complete confidence in me. And I think that you can do some amazing work when you don't have to spend as much time in the community getting people on board because they're already on board. Um, and so that, you know, they are sending their child to your campus with a full trust uh, you know, that, that you're going to do the job because, you know, you've had their their older sibling or, or you know, their cousin or aunt and uncle or what have you. So, um, yeah, so it's just coming to work on fire every single day and, and, and knocking things out and really making this place better than it was the day before. I love that mindset. You can always find a way to get better. There's, uh, there's an author and a podcaster, Jocko Willink. I don't know if you know his podcast or his books. Uh, he's a former Navy SEAL, and he always talks about how can you get better today? And in, in, in a small way, I'm not talking about like these big, huge movements all the time, but just not remaining comfortable, making yourself uncomfortable so you get better in some little way. So what do you do? And I know you've been there for 11 years, but what do you do when there is something that you don't agree with? And <clears throat> here's like a scenario without like getting yourself in trouble. As a former principal, I'd go to a district office meeting and district office is like, all right, we're going to do this, 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 and this. And I'm sitting there thinking like, no, like, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with the plan or how to roll it out or whatever it might be. But I have to go back to my school and tell my staff and roll it out. And it's hard because principals are like that middle manager of sorts, right? You're leading the school, but there's the directors and assistant soups and soups. And you have to support your teachers with that, whatever the idea is coming from central office. How do you navigate that? Because you can't just be like, eh, not going to do it. I'm just going to tell my soup we're not, we're not going to go down that road. Like we can't do that. <laughs> so I, I just get that question a lot from principals. Like, how do I, how do I navigate that? What advice would you give people, Kevin? Um, for me, I feel like principals have to be the ultimate translators because you're exactly right. I mean, you know, we go to district meetings, uh, for me, middle school principal meetings. And at times, um, I mean, you know, we'll hear things that we don't necessarily agree with. And so we have to be able to go back to our buildings and have to be able to translate it in a way that people can eat it, you know, because that's our job is, you know, we wanna serve this meal up to you in a way that you're gonna eat it. And so, um, you know, I think that that comes with trust in the building and they trust me and, and they know that, you know, I'm not gonna have them doing anything that, that's, gonna, that's gonna, you know, be detrimental to them or the kids. But at the same time, you're right. Sometimes what's being asked of us is a little off kilter a little bit, I guess. Um, I'm of the opinion that every single brilliant leader in, in this world is a tad bit insubordinate. I feel you have to be because if you're a visionary leader, you're going to see things before anybody else sees it. Um, you're going to do things that initially people don't understand. Um, and I think, you know, someone said, you know, when you're when you're a visionary leader, it's a blessing and a curse because, you know, you see things 
that other people don't see, but you see it by yourself, you know, and, and that that's part of it. And so um, I, I would be lying if I said that at times, you know, I'm a tad bit insubordinate, like, okay, you know, we're going to do 95% of what, you know, we've been asked to do, but I feel like this 5% is really gonna throw us off. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, ultimately, you have to be a great translator, and to be able to, um, to bring back that information and to be able to, to put it out in a way that is, that is going to be taken in a positive light by your staff and then push it. You know, if, if that's what the district wants us to do, then, then that's what we have to do. Um, so yeah, you're right. It's, it's a, it's a bad place to be in with us being in the middle because you've got central office up here and the teachers down here and, and, you know, we're, we're kind of the mechanism that goes back and forth. Um, but yeah, and then also, you know, if something strikes you, you know, really hits your spirit in a certain way, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, talking to your superiors and, um, you know, your executive directors and things like that. And having those, having those courageous conversations that are hard for first, second, third year principals to have, you know, because you don't want to, you know, rock the boat, so to speak. But, um, you know, you can put bugs in their ear and, and just, you know, allow them to listen to you and hear you out. Um, and, ha and have those conversations. Because again, principals know what's best for their buildings. Mm -hmm. We're here every day, we're on the ground and we know what's best for our kids. And um, so I feel like part of what we do in here has to be filtered through us. Um, and it can't just be a top-down situation in all cases. Some cases it has to be, but not in all cases. I love that you say a little bit insubordinate because I'm thinking, man, early, early Adam, I was a lot bit sub insubordinate, <laughs> but I love that you got to the point because yes, you do have to translate that. And then also people that are listening, if you feel comfortable and if you feel safe, you, you got to push back and I'm doing air quotes right now, which really means ask clarifying questions, build relationships with your supervisors and ask them, I always felt a good strategy was to invite them to the school to see what we are doing or see what the outcome of us incorporating that program or idea would be. Because a lot of times central office can be missing information. They cannot be seeing what's going on that you're seeing every day in the building. And if they haven't taken the time to come at, see you at the building, walk the halls, talk to teachers, actually spend half a day in a classroom or classrooms, they're going to be more informed about that decision that they go make when they go back to central office and then meet with principals. Mm -hmm. So, you know, building those relationships is so important. Um, and then, you know, if you really feel that there's a void, you know, speak up, speak up, speak up. And I mean, I've had in my career where <clears throat> I've been a lot bit insubordinate, you know, quote unquote, gotten in trouble. And then a year later, my superintendent thanked me for pushing back as much as I did, which is a hard place to be until you get there. And that's why I said, if you feel comfortable, if you feel safe in doing that, because, you know, we need a job, we have families and mortgages, you know, and everything else. But if you really feel that you see something and your staff see something and it's a disconnect, then you need to change your outlook, but maybe they do as well too. So I would say just, you know, you know your, your organization best, people that are listening, but really try to do that. So Kevin, I've met, I've met your wife, uh, I've met your daughter, uh, mm -hmm. took, some, took some pictures, you know, you have family, um, <clears throat> following you on social media, you have fun with your family. So I, I just wanna know, are, are you a hard worker or are you a workaholic? Um, 
I would say I'm a hard worker. I think the people in my circle would say I'm a workaholic. Um, just being honest. Um, that is something that that I've struggled with in the past. And that's something that I'm really working on now is really finding, you know, that balance because we have a job that is never ending and it pushes you so hard. And sometimes you can kind of get out of your space and really spend too much time, you know, on the job and not enough time, you know, with, with, with family. And so um, just trying to find, find that balance because you want perfection in both, you know, you want to be, you know, the perfect father or the perfect wife um, and you want to be, you know, the perfect principal. And at times you can't be both, you know, and it's kind of like, um, I kind of equate it to, you know, I only have the capacity of juggling four balls at a time, but I have five, which means I constantly have to put one down. Uh, but I can't, but, but I can't, you know, let it sit dormant, you know, for too long. So that means I have to take another ball and replace it, you know, and then what happens to, to that entity while it's, while it's sitting stagnant, you know, and it might be, you know, your spouse, it might be your kid, it might be, you know, your job or what have you, because everybody's pulling on you and everybody wants your time and your attention. And it's, it's finding a balance. Um, I am much better at it now than I was, you know, say, say five years ago but I still need work. Um, so yeah, I mean, to me, I'm a hard worker, but I get it. You know, if you would ask, you know, my daughters or, you know, my wife or what have you, they, they would say that, that I'm a workaholic. Um, and this is the season for us. School starts August 10th. So, you know, this past weekend was probably the last weekend that I'm going to have off for, you know, two or three weeks because we're going to open up the building for, for our staff to come in and work in their rooms you know, on the weekends up until, you know, school starts. And so that's just an example of what we're talking about. Uh, every principal in our district doesn't do it. Every principal in the country doesn't do it. But I feel like those who really want to make an impact day one, um, you know, feel me on that one, that that's, that's just something that's in us that we have to do. So that's not a setup question. I didn't mean to like put you on the spot, but I think it's something <laughs> that's really important because I know too, as a former principal, it was, it's that dichotomy of, being there for your staff and also for your family, because I mean, our families are, our work is so important at the school that we work in the district, but our families are more important and it does, yeah. it can get out of whack. So you've said, you know, five years ago, it was a different Kevin. What are some things that you have done or maybe you've had your family <clears throat> help you with um, because your shirt right now says together we win. I think that's a great saying like together, your family wins together, your school community wins what are some, maybe some advice or some things that you've done um that other people could learn from so that they could have that balance if we're going to use that word i think sometimes you literally have to create a schedule for yourself and have to have time to turn off the electronics um i feel like every principal in the country has a form of adhd because we're constantly switching gears and all this other stuff and if you do it for a while um you, you just become jittery like that but I think, you know, turning off electronics at say, you know, eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock or what have you, um, you know, tucking in your kids at night, every single, every single night, eating dinner with them at the dinner table with no distractions, um, putting things down uh, during those important times and, you know, being at every single, you know, child's, you know, event, or, you know, if your wife's got something going on, your spouse has something going on um, to carve out time to make sure, you know, that you are able to do those things. Uh, because again, there's a nameplate outside my office 
um, that has my name on it. And, you know, something were to happen to me within two to three days, you know, they're going to slide that out and they're going to put the next person in here. Um, and my family has suffered because of that. And so um, always trying to trying to keep that uh, and make that important. I'll, I'll give you a real world example. Uh, our first day of school is August 10th. My oldest daughter uh, moves in to her dorm for the first time on August 10th. And so what I'm going to have to do is um, my wife and I are flying up, um, you know, like two, two or three days later, um, you know, to, to spend time with her and stuff like that. But that's just something that just kind of dropped in our lap. And it was like, really, you know, our first day of school is her, is her first day on campus. Uh, but, you know, we're still going to go. We're still going to spend time. Uh, it's just about being intentional uh, with, with what you do because, you know, you only, you know, you only get, you only get one family. And, uh, you know, you, you want to spend as much time with them as you possibly can. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's just a reminder to everybody out there that the work that you do, whatever you do, wherever that is, is important. And then the, you know, the, the big counterbalance, in my opinion, is your family is more important because when you're happy and healthy and balanced in your personal life, I think you're going to be better in your work life for whatever job you do um, in whatever organization that is. Shifting gears, Kevin. I feel I've always struggled with the interview process, interviewing process for when leaders hire staff, but also when principals are applying for jobs, I, I think is just super archaic. Um, I was always trying to tweak it and innovate it and do it different so I could look at candidates in a different way and put them through a, you know, scenarios and such. With that being said, I was, I've always been collecting interview questions. So I love asking principals, what is your favorite interview question to ask teacher candidates or just when hiring staff? Mm -hmm. um, tell me about the last interaction that you had with a child and why it stuck with you. Um, I, because I want to hear, I want to hear about relationships with kids. Um, I think as principals, it's our job to coach teachers up in the classroom, but I can't make you want to have relationships with kids. I can't make you want to have the best intentions for kids. And so for me, it's all about relationships. Um, I feel like if, if you hire in your building based on those who have strong relationships with children, you're going to always win. Um, sometimes, you know, we get caught up in the resumes and, you know, people have degrees from, you know, X or Y and we get caught up in that but that doesn't translate to a good relationship with a child. And so uh, for me, I, I ask a lot of relationship questions because I want people in the building who have great relationships with kids. And then it's our job as instructional leaders to coach them up in, in the various different areas that they're in. Uh, it's a lot easier for me to coach you up in social studies than for me to coach you up into having good relationships with kids. Uh, Cause you know, if you don't like kids, you just don't like kids. Um, you know, I mean, I don't like cats, That's for true. example, and so, and so, bro, I mean, me too. In a, in Tell my wife I don't like cats. cats, and right. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, do 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 I know the content? Yes, but do I like cats? No, I don't. And so, after a while, the cats are going to know that I don't really care for them, and it's it's not going to be good for either one of us. So nothing, this I mean, is, you know, no shot on cats. I was just using that as an example. No, so there's going to be some cat be lovers on here that are going to bash me, I know, but this is going to be like episode 80 of the podcast. And that's like the quote 
of the entire series. I don't like cats. And I'm like, bro, me too. I'm, I met my wife and she had, <laughs> I met my wife and she had two cats. And my dad says, dang, Adam, you must really love Stacy. Cause hey, I don't hate cats. I just don't like cats. I mean, like, I think there's a difference. Uh, so bro, like we go. are, we are there. If you could do any <laughs> job for one day, what would you do? And if you could do any job for one year, what would you do? Mm. Wow. If I could do one job for a day, um, hmm, I would, I would want to be a professional athlete for a day, like game day. Like I want to see, you know, the pressure that they're under, you know, how they get prepared. Um, yeah, for a day. And then if I could do a job for a year, um, I would want to be superintendent for a year. I, I would want to try that for a year just to see how, you know, what type of impact I could make on a school district uh, for a year, you know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so those would be those would be my two. Yeah, just off the cuff. Which sport? professional athlete for a day? Which sport for uh, professional which athlete? Sports, man. So, so I think that you'll feel me on this one. Um, I would love to be, um, I would love to be Rye Benjamin, uh, the day of the four hundred meter hurdle final at the Olympics. There you go. Uh, as as a former track athlete, you'll you'll feel me on this one. Mm. Uh, I, I want to be Rye Benjamin, 400 meter hurdler for the U.S. The day of the 400 meter hurdle final. There you go, Olympic final. Nice, nice, nice. I like it. Yeah, the tracks, the hurdles, man. Those are hard. I actually just read an article <laughs> of why the 400 meter hurdles is one of the hardest track events, just because like the stamina and uh, yeah, it was interesting. I was actually reading that this morning. Uh, I want to ask you. You are running for vice president of NAESP. Your, your candidacy is, is out there. Um, what can people, what can members of NAESP expect from Kevin Armstrong as vice president? Mm. First, I want to lead in that I'm applying for uh, consideration <laughs> uh, for, for vice president. Um, so nothing's official yet. I still have to apply and to be finalized and, and all of that. But should I clear those hurdles? Um, just want people to know that I'm that, that I'm student centered. Um, I'm all about what's what's best for kids. Um, that's our motto here is, you know, in any situation to do what's best for kids. And when you look at things that way, it's going to automatically equal more work for us. Um, I'm in it for the principals and want to make sure that the principals are heard um, and, and that they can voice their concerns and really trying to do things to improve education as a whole, as we know, you know, that there's a teacher shortage going on right now. And so what are some things that we can do as a country to really try to get education back on the radar again and to get folks um, excited about um, coming into into this building and, and teaching kids because it is a calling and you know somewhere along the somewhere along the way um, you know we, we've kind of lost um, you know a, a segment of those who who were here for that calling so really you know it's twofold it's about it's about supporting principals obviously um, and then about you know allowing them to then in turn support kids 
And so, um, you know, doing what's best for principals, doing what's best for kids. Um, that's really what, what I'm about and uh, continuing to push. We've got some, some great folks um, who, who are in those positions, you know, the current vice president, you know, president elect and president uh, right now are doing a great job. And, you know, I, I just would like to be considered uh, to be in that, in, in that long line of uh, folks who have really pushed, pushed the needle uh, for NASP and push the needle for this country in terms of principles across this country. Yeah. Well, as a longtime NAESP member, I hope your candidacy, my friend, is cleared as a fellow fellow and somebody I know personally, uh, you have my vote. So once your candidacy hopefully is cleared, let's have you back on to talk maybe deeper, um, you know, as those elections come closer. And I think it's uh, hopefully this podcast can help amplify your voice as it does others. With that being said, to wrap up the podcast, I'd love to pass the microphone over to my guest to close out the podcast. Kevin, what do you want to say to all the aspiring and leaders and superintendents across the country that listen to this podcast? Keep your head down and keep running. Uh, with the Olympics right here in front of us, one thing that, that my coaches taught me um, on the track is when I came out of the blocks um, to not pop straight up, to continue to keep my head down and to stay in, in that acceleration phase. Um, so as we start the year, just keep your head down. We know that, you know, COVID is, is, is real and it's still here. Uh, but I feel like if you got through 2021, uh, then, you know, 21, 22 should be downhill. So just continue to keep your head down principles, continue to keep running, keep accelerating, uh, find those support systems, uh, be there for your, be there for, for your kids on campus, but also be there for your family and uh, just continue to keep pushing and persevering. We see you in the trenches. Uh, we know what, what you're going through. We know it's not easy, but again, uh, this profession was not designed to be easy. It was a calling and uh, you've been chosen. So just continue to just keep your head down and keep pushing. Speaking of running, next time we are together, together in person, I wanna go to a, on a run together. I know you're a sprinter and I'm a distance guy. So maybe it'll be a vigorous walk. We'll meet, we'll meet maybe somewhere in the middle, but uh, I think it's important to get out there, wake up, start the day right, get your blood flowing at Dr. K D Armstrong on Twitter. Also be sure to check out Kevin's school. It's uh, at Hadley middle. Uh, they have a great YouTube video that you actually talk about your incentive room. And I think those are, mm -hmm. those are really, that's an idea that I think other schools, elementary, middle school, high school can go, Oh, I can take a small piece of that. Or you have a question, mm -hmm. reach out to Kevin. Uh, he's going to get back with ideas or the video, or like, here's the shopping list, or here's, here's what I did just so we can, we can get those, uh, get those resources uh, for kids. So Kevin, thanks for coming on. Thanks for your time. Everyone listening. Thanks for all you do. And I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day.